1: The trade deadline tour marches on as we get to one of the most requested players on the trade market for the Orlando Magic. We'll talk about Tyus Jones from the Washington Wizards plus Paolo Banchero's All-Star Surge and what that means for next week's reserves. We'll get to that. Only questions coming from plants today. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are locked on magic. Your daily Orlando Magic podcast part of the Locked On podcast network. Your team every day. And you are indeed a Locked On Magic today is January 25th. It will be January 26th, 2024. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_omd. underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, our trade deadline tour continues as we will talk to Locked On Wizards about Tyus Jones, a player that many Magic fans want to see in a Magic uniform very, very soon by February 8th. We'll talk about why there is a framework for deal for him and what he could possibly bring to the Orlando Magic. We're we'll going to get to that coming up here In just a moment, first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Before we bring in our guests and talk a little bit more about the uh, Orlando Magic's trade deadline proposition and, and why Tyus Jones Is such an interesting fit and an interesting target for the Orlando Magic, uh, like we did with Malcolm Brogdon. We'll get into everything you need to know about where the Wizards are at, as well as what a framework for a deal might look like. Um, Judging by my conversation, Tyus Jones definitely seems like a more likely candidate than Malcolm Brogdon. uh, But I will let you decide that when you hear our conversation. But we got a little bit of news, uh, and I'm not talking about the silly thing that's happening with a certain uh, former Magic point guard that now plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, That stuff's just dumb, Uh, so I'm not going to talk about it and give it any more oxygen than it deserves. What I want to talk about today is that Paolo Banchero is on track to be an all-star. After some hand-wringing, after uh, a, a couple weeks of wondering if the Magic swoon would dampen his all-star chances. And certainly, you know, like even I would say like, yeah, I was getting a little scared that maybe Paolo wasn't a surefire all-star. We get some sail. We get some wind in our sails. On Thursday, the the NBA announced the all-star starters. And as expected, the front court went as chalk. Uh, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo are your starters for the Eastern Conference front court. That was completely expected. We understood that they were probably the three. It's, you know, I know some of the voters, frankly, it's, uh, some of the media voters, it's frankly a little surprising they didn't just sweep the 100 media votes. Those three are the top guys, no questions about, uh, you know, voting for the Easter Conference front court was more an exercise in, it uh, was more an exercise of, hey, we're here. We want to support our guys. We all know who's going to be the starters. The backcourt, the guards, will be Tyrese Halliburton and Damian Lillard. That one was a little bit of an upset with Dean passing Trey Young, who was the who was second among fan voting. Remember, voting is 50% fans, 25% media, 25% players. But let's dive a little bit deeper into the results. Reserves come out next Thursday. Coaches from their respective conferences vote on the reserves. And if we needed some momentum, some reason to believe, that Paolo Bancaro is on track to be an all-star reserve for the first time, first of many in his career. These results tell us why. Paolo Bancaro officially finished tied for fourth in all-star voting. I want to repeat that. He officially, taking all the player vote, the fan vote, the media vote, taking all of that into consideration, Paolo Bancaro officially finished tied for fourth. Like I said, top three was already determined. Bancaro and Jalen Brown ended up tied for fourth. In fact, Paolo Banquero, who at last week's returns was eighth, picked up another two spots to get to sixth in all-star voting. Ended up, he finished with seven, officially with 786,426 votes. That was sixth in all-star voting. There's obviously the top three, He trailed Jalen Brown, who's in fifth, and Jimmy Butler, who was in fourth. Where Paolo Bancaro then really made up ground, and honestly a place that makes it really feel like Paolo Bancaro has a strong case to make the All-Star team next week when when the coaches vote on the reserves, Paolo Bancaro finished fourth among player votes in All-Star voting. Uh, Third place was Jason Tatum with 151. Obviously, those three guys were the runaways. Paolo Bancaro had 65 player votes. Fourth, I want to repeat that, fourth in all-star voting among players. Now, again, how much stock do we want to put in this? Steven Adams got seven votes, apparently. Uh, Admiral Schofield picked up a vote. Joe Ingles got two votes. Goga Batadze got two votes. There are players that throw away votes, but obviously Paolo Bancaro is not just a throwaway player, Um, he, A, was picking up steam among fans, which certainly helps matters and certainly uh, suggests that that fans were noticing the Gaudi stat lines because he's not on national TV, 116 games, and counting for the uh, number one pick in the 2022 draft and 2023 rookie of the year. Um, he was picking up steam. There are all these indicators that, yes, Paolo Bancaro is getting noticed and is deserving of a spot in the All-Star game. Now, Again, none of this matters. You throw all these votes away. We start from scratch. The coaches in the Eastern Conference, the 14 coaches in the Eastern Conference, because I believe Jamal Mosley is prevented from voting for his own player. The 14 vote 14 uh, uh coaches in the Eastern Conference, the other 14 coaches in the Eastern Conference will have their say in determining whether Paolo Banchero makes the all-star team. And obviously, it is going to be a very competitive group, even just among front court players. Jalen Brown should be in. Bam Adebayo, Julius Randle, Kristaps Porzingis, Mikal Bridges, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Jared Allen are all among the very real candidates to make the all-star team. I'll even throw Nikola Vucevic in there, although I don't think he will, he will get there. And obviously the Magic has started to fall a bit in the standings. So you got to think that Jalen Brown or Julius Randle or Jared Allen have a little bit of advantage. And that doesn't even get to the loaded guard class that has Tyrese Maxey, Jalen Brunson, who are almost certainly going to get in, as well as Trey Young, who's going to be fighting for a spot as well. Paolo Bancaro is in the mix. He is absolutely in the conversation. At the very least, he will be the first alternate to make it, uh, to make it into the all-star game. But Ben but these results certainly do suggest that Bancaro has a very, very real case To make the All Star team, and and that's exciting. I mean, obviously, we're all super thrilled. We we want the attention uh, here in Orlando, Um, but Ben Caro has certainly put himself in a position to get this notice, to get this attention, and to put himself in a spot where he can make the team. And there is very little reason to believe that he will not. That he will not at least put him. That he will not at least be in this spot to do so. We will see what the coaches have to say next week. Ultimately, they hold the keys. There's not a lot of games left. Uh, I imagine coaches have to turn in their votes by Tuesday. So that's three games, Memphis on Friday, um, Memphis on Friday, uh, Phoenix on Sunday, Dallas on Monday. Um, At this point, the coaches know who Paolo is. They certainly show him all-star respect with the double teams they send his way. Uh, And so we will see. What what ultimately happens next Thursday when the reserves are announced. We'll talk about that on the show, of course, for next Friday's episode of Lockdown Magic. But today, we are back on the trade deadline tour. We're going to talk about Tyus Jones and what he could bring to the Orlando Magic. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word for our friends over at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors, have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lay to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players who are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. The guy that I want to point out, and it's someone that we definitely need to pay attention to, is Memphis, Memphis forward Gigi Jackson. Memphis needs shot creator creation right now, and Gigi can do it. He's shown flashes, and he should be someone managers can look to grab to see how Memphis deploys. Memphis is obviously very undermanned right now. A lot of injuries. John Morant's out. Desmond Bain's out. Marcus Smart is out. Stephen Adams is out. Um, they're relying very heavily on Jaron Jackson Jr. They need some wing help, and Gigi Jackson has been among the players who have stepped up and, and done that. So if you're looking for some cheap fantasy, fantasy or daily fantasy options, Gigi Jackson is someone to look at. If you're looking for a magic player to get to get in on, I would look very carefully at Franz Wagner. Obviously just coming back from injury, there may still be some ups and downs, but he's going to get himself going very quickly. The Magic do have a busy week ahead if you're looking for for that and perhaps some favorable matchups. Dallas has been iffy on defense. Phoenix can can be can yeah, Phoenix has played a lot better obviously and obviously got Memphis on Friday, so keep an eye out on Franz Wagner's returns from injury. Josh Lloyd from locked on fantasy basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship at eBay. Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle, uh, with more than 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly, brake kits, led headlights, roof rack bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time or your money back. Plus, At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fits only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Before we get to our conversation about Tyus Jones, uh, I want to remind you all that you can check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Get the latest from your local experts of Locked On, like myself, plus their national shows covering every league 24-7. Stay up to date on the biggest happenings in sports. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel today. All right, let's get into it. The moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to talk some Tyus Jones as the Trade Deadline Tour continues. And it's time for the next stop on our trade deadline tour. I'm joined by Brandon Scott of Locked On Wizards. Uh, thank you for joining us on a very, very busy day uh, for the Wizards, uh, surprisingly, if you want more on uh, the Wes Unsold, uh, uh, I guess, position move. I, I don't think it was a straight firing, but uh, the relieving of Wes Unsold as the head coach of the Washington Wizards. You can check out Locked On Wizards for that. Uh, I know maybe some Magic fans care because Wes Unsold is a former Magic assistant and, and all that, but... We're here to talk about um, one of the, probably the favored targets among Magic fans. Uh, uh, and, you know, very quietly has turned himself into a very strong point guard in Tyus Jones. Um, I want to start here. Uh, Tyus Jones was probably one of the, the best backup point guards in the league for, for a very, very long time. So when he arrived in Washington and it seemed like he was set to be the starter, uh, what were your expectations for what he would be able to bring to this Wizards team?
2: Um, it's, it's weird to ask that because, um, at that point, um, we had been two years removed from Russell Westbrook being here. And then before that we had John wall. So we're, we're very spoiled in DC where we're used to having a point guard who can, you know, push the pace. He can score, drive the lane. So we're, we've been spoiled. And ever since then we've had Spencer identity, you know, Monte Morris. So we've been in the mold of trying to turn combo guards into starting point guards and it has not pan out, but with Tyus Jones, um, he, he coming over, he brought over the reputation of being the best backup point guard in the NBA. And, you know, he his play style won't wow you, but he does his job and he does it well. If you look at his numbers from the last two years, as far as assist to turnover ratio, he's in top five in the NBA. He's a guy who's a floor general. He's, he's always looking to get opportunities for outside shooters, get people involved. His assist numbers are definitely where I want him to be. So, you know, come over initially. I was excited because. I, you know, I was expecting them to push to pace, which is something that we've been trying to get them to do the last couple of years. So um, we are excited to have a floor general who, again, who can utilize talent on the outside. Um, he's not a guy who's going to drive the lane and dunk on nobody, but he's a guy with, you know, he, he's money with that floater. And he definitely collapses defenses enough to where he can utilize outside shooters. So me personally, I was very excited because we needed a floor general in DC.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, say what you want about this, the, the wizard, Stephen. And, and I think there's, there's a lot to say. And obviously their, their record is what, what it is, but, uh, they're still a, a really efficient offensive team, and you know they've 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 got scores. They got guys who could put up points. Now, you know they're probably not stopping anybody, and and I think we gotta uh, talk about that a little bit. But um, how much how much of Tyus's numbers and you're entering Thursday's games? Twelve point four points per game, six assists per game, point eight turnovers per game, fifty point seven percent from the floor, forty one point six percent from three. I know Magic fans are definitely interested in that part. He's a career thirty six point four percent three point shooter. Um, how much of it is the Wizards playing a how much of these numbers are the Wizards play style, and how much of it is this is who Tyus Jones is? Do you think?
2: I think it has a lot more to do with his play style as opposed to his situation. Now, you know, if you look at the situation, DC obviously they're in a gray area. Um, there's a a rebuilding team, but we still have to move on from a lot of these veteran contracts at the trade deadline. But the emphasis as far as the you know, who holds the ball the most is going to be Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. So the thing I like about Tyus is, is that he's a guy where you he doesn't have to score 15 to 20 points a game. You know, he can be the distributor first, and then if he, you know, scores 10 to 15, it's definitely a blessing. But he he's a guy who he just fits well. You know, he's a floor general, the vision, and I, that's why I think that it it's a shoe in that he's going to get traded because he fits so many teams and not most teams in the NBA because he's a guy where his first look is to pass the ball. His vision, his, his leadership, like I said, Defensively, you are going to want a little more from him. You know, obviously he's not a stopper, and if you look at our backcourt with him and Jordan Pool, we're just we're not stopping anybody in the backcourt, man. But he's going to do his job, and he's going to do it at a high level. And like you said, uh, statistically wise, um, I I came into the season and I'm looking at another six assists. I'm looking from six to seven assists from him because he just he has that potential, man. He's definitely whatever team he goes to, whether it's Orlando. You know Philadelphia has been named the Lakers. Everybody's always linked to the Lakers, right? But um, everyone is, <laughs> right? <laughs> Everyone's a future Laker, <laughs> right? But I mean, he's going to fit in because he, like I said, he's not going to wow you, but he's going to do his job at a high level. So I, I, you know, personally, I think he would fit in Orlando, man.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I want to kind of press, press that a little bit, a little bit more. I mean, obviously, we, I think we played each other three times already. You know, yeah, you know, I, I don't expect you to know all the ins and outs of, of the Magic, but is Jones, like you said, is a guy that's getting a lot of interest around the league before we kind of talk about what that means. Like how, how do you see him kind of fitting in with this magic team? Because, you know, like I have an idea of what I think the ideal point guard is for this group, but I'm curious what your perspective is, you know, having seen the magic a, a few times already this season.
2: Oh, that's a good question, man. Cause I, I'm a big fan of your roster, man. Um, And I think that that's why he fits in because you have a lot of athleticism, a lot of guys who can go and score at will. I mean, if you look at Paolo, Franz Wagner, I mean, Franz Wagner, man, I mean, at his size, his ability to defend and shoot and, and sniper snipe on the perimeter, he's he can come in, he can be that floor general, but he's going to let everybody else do their thing. Like in Washington, obviously Kyle Kuzma averaging 21, Jordan Poole is a high-volume scorer. He doesn't – he listen him do their thing. You know, he distributes, he he pushes the face, but he's not a guy who's going to mess up as far as, you know, it, di- distribution of the ball or holding, you know, how many times people need the ball, you know. And look at your roster. He would fit right in man i mean Jalen suggs would fit right next to him in the, the backcourt so uh, kind of look at your roster and how he would fit i think he would be the last piece to seeing you guys try to compete man because you guys need that you know and then you know i like the point guards on your roster name it's just that floor general you know he's a guy who can take control that, that 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 guy you know what i mean so um yeah he's the guy he's going to let palo and and franz do their thing you know he's definitely going to be a pick and roll threat with um Wendell carter and like I said, I you know, Jalen Suggs, man, he's been playing well, especially defensively, man. So um, when you look at guards who are offensively-minded guards, it's best to have a two-guard who is defensively-minded. So I think that's another key to look at when it, when it comes to Jalen Suggs, man, is that he has that guy in the backcourt who can defend and kind of take the pressure off him because, again, the only knock against Tyus, man, is probably defense. You know, obviously, when you go against um, point guards who are bigger, stronger, for example, um, last game I covered, it was OKC Thunder. And, Obviously, SGA man, he's a big oh, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, a, he's a, he, like Jay. I mean, Jalen
1: Suggs took his crack at Shea and did about as good as he could, and they yeah. still scored 35 on him.
2: Yeah, you're not gonna stop people like yeah. that, man. you know what I mean? It's just it, it, like I said, we just uh, saw the Spurs, Wimby is another guy where well, you can't stop him, you just kind of, you, know, you know, so he's gonna be, be what you know, do well in Orlando if he goes to Orlando. Um, because again, he's just a guy who controls the offense as opposed yeah. to oh, go. Ahead.
1: No, 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 no. To finish your thought before I before I start my monologue.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, he's the guy. He's the leadership. You know, he's the leader. You know, he's, he's going to lead the offense. And it's kind of like the quarterback or in football and on the defensive side, the middle linebacker. He's that guy that's going to take control and call plays, you know. So a lot of teams need that, especially contending teams.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and you know, uh, you, you talk about the defense part and, and look, the magic have been a top five defense for most of the year. I think they've slipped to sixth or seventh uh, after their really bad game Monday against Cleveland. But, um, you know, definitely, you know, you look at the ecosystem in Washington, Jordan Poole is not a great defender. Kyle Kuzma is not a great defender. That, that's not a team full of defensive players. And I think bringing a you know, a quote unquote non-defender into an environment. That's a little more established defensively that has some defensive players that can cover for him. Um, I think that definitely helps hide some of that or, you know, inspires maybe Tyus, a player like Tyus Jones, who, you know, doesn't have to expend as much energy perhaps on offense to be able to play a little bit better on defense. So, so, you know, that I, I think that is a concern and maybe a point where the magic pause a little bit, but um, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, and and I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on on this kind of overarching theme that I have for the Magic. Because the first yeah. guy I talked to uh, in my trade deadline tour was Malcolm Brogdon with the Portland Trailblazers, and yeah. kind of what I see for the Magic needing at point guard is that game manager is is that guy who can kind of settle everyone down if things are going a little bit hectic and t- demand the ball from from someone and say hey give me the ball, let's settle down, let's run our set, let's get a good shot. But for the most part, can also just kind of stay out of the way. Can, you know, because the Magic right now are using Paolo Banchero as an initiator, as a as sort of a point forward. You know, they use Franz Wagner to initiate. They have Jalen Suggs who can handle the ball. The the kind of idea with what the Magic are trying to build, um, and this is an area where I think Tyus Jones can help them, but also maybe an area where he doesn't necessarily fit all the way to. Um, what the Magic are trying to build are essentially five guys who can do everything. Five guys who can pass, five guys who can initiate, five guys, you know, who could play off of each other really really well and you know that's something that does intrigue me about Tyus Jones because yes he's a point guard, yes he's great at playmaking, he can run pick and rolls, he can do all those things. They can also set up as a spot up shooter which the magic desperately need. You know, they their their first two needs are shooting um before they get to anything else. Um just to create some space for Paolo and Franz to operate a little bit more. Um, they need a guy that doesn't that, that can play point guard and, and get and manage the game, but doesn't necessarily have to be your Chris Paul style pound the pound the ball into the dirt type point guard. Doesn't need the ball in his hands to be successful. And it does sound like that's kind of how Tyus Jones has been playing this year.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, because I kind of mentioned earlier, he's a guy where he doesn't have to be the spotlight. You know, and, and I mentioned past point guards for the Wizards where John Wall was that guy where you know he was money with passing the ball, but he was also looking to score. <laughs> like he was looking yeah. to drive, and then he used driving in and collapsing the defense as a way to get assists to pass out the shooters like Bradley Bill and Auto Porter, who were his um players at the time. So I'm um, looking at Tyus, he's a low usage guy. Now he can't score. I mean his three point shot is money and he can't pick up the pace and score if you know a guy like Kyle Kuzma or Jordan Poole is having an off night. But he just he does his well, he does his job well. He does what he has to do being that floor general. And like I said, he's not a guy athletic wise is gonna drive through the lane and dunk with nobody. He, he's got that floater, and that floater works for him. So he's just I always compare it to you know, you know, football being a quarterback where I guess if I'm gonna compare him to any quarterback, be like kind of like Brock Purdy for the uh, 49 for Niners not the most athletic guy but he utilizes the weapons he has around him and he's just a perfect system guy and it's kind of like Tyus, you know he utilizes the talent around him and he's just the perfect guy to sets people up so i mean even if it's contending rebuilding i think every team in the nba needs a Tyus Jones because he's just that point guard where he's a perfect floor general he's not he's not score first he's not he's not gonna be high usage he's not gonna do this and that. he's gonna do his job and he's gonna set everybody else to do theirs. so
1: And you got to love how he's gotten better each year of his career. Like, I mean, this is a career season, second straight year averaging more than 10 points per game. Obviously role has been expanded that, that, that helps a ton, but he's, he's a guy that's gotten better and take advantage of all these opportunities Let's take a quick break from our conversation so I can tell you a quick word for our friends over at Grammarly. Look, I'm someone that does a lot of writing. It's what I do for a living. Uh, And so I always need help with editing. Even a writer like me sometimes needs a helping hand, needs a grammar check, needs a spelling check, just needs to make sure what I'm writing makes sense. Grammarly, ever since I discovered it, has been a tool that I use to help me with spell checks, grammar checks, everything checks. It just helps you out so much. And Grammarly is so easy to use. It's now powered by AI technology you can trust to help you cross all the places where you write the most. And now Grammarly helps you do even more. With one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with suggestions based on your context and goals so you can prove productivity for you and your teams. Whether you're stuck uh, with writing at work, can't get yourself started, need need a grammar check, need a spelling check, Grammarly has the tools to make your writing better. And even make it more concise. That's the big thing. Let Grammarly create a personalized outline to get you organized. You can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. If you need to draft, an important email, and don't know where to start, Grammarly has suggestions to start your writing going. Nothing's worse than a blank page. Trust me. And the best part is it's free to use. Start being more productive at work. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to Do download for free today. That's Grammarly.com, dot ycom slash podcast. To start today.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you.
1: Uh, you, you mentioned earlier that there's a lot of teams looking at Tyus Jones. Like like this, this is a this is a market where a lot of teams are looking for these kinds of guards. Um, you mentioned the Lakers always, and on everyone you mentioned the, the the Sixers potentially looking at him. Obviously, Magic are looking are, are you know Magic fans are looking at him. Who knows if Magic are actually looking at anybody? Um, the, I've seen people try and connect him to the Heat, who you know just got Terry Rozier, and they may still be in the mix for for some things. Um, what does that market First off, what does that market say about the Wizards' options to, to go out and make a trade for him, and what does it say about about Jones as, uh, you know, especially coming into a free agent season? You know, there's a lot of teams vying for his free agency rights. I've often said about the Magic, why would the Magic go out and trade for Tyus Jones when they could probably, if they really want him, they can just wait till the offseason and sign him outright as one of the few teams with cap room. What does that say about his market that there's just so many teams going after him?
2: Well, like you said, his his capabilities kind of expanded. You know, he's always been a kind of a backup, and this year in D.C. was his opportunity to kind of show if he could start. And when if I'm a GM and I'm looking at it, I'm saying, okay, here's a guy who obviously is... Um, Ty Jones is not a guy where if you're a rebuilding team, you can say, all right, here's a future point guard. No, usually it's going to be a contending team where it's saying, all right, here's a guy who obviously is going to be the leader of the second unit, but if we have an injury, we don't have to really trip about it because we can. We got a guy who was a starting caliber point guard where you can kind of plug him in and keep going. Because I mean, if you look at a few contending teams, man, if they lose your point guard, I mean that's your that's your playoff run. And but if you look at Tyus Jones, you know, if they have a major injury, like the, his past team, um, Memphis, you know, if you was still on Memphis. You know, it would be an issue right now because you still got a guy who can start. Whereas, opposed with Jaw going out, man, you know, is is a completely different team. So he has the ability to come in and and be that spot starter and keep things rolling for a playoff run team. And I think that's why he's getting a lot of buzz because you know injuries happen, and you don't want to be that team. Especially, <laughs> you tell team, me? oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> see, I mean especially the Magic, man. Because think about it like this: I mean, you are a young and up and coming team who now is a playoff run team. And you don't want one injury, especially to an important position like point guard, derail you on a playoff run. So if you got a guy like Tyus, who obviously is best fit for second unit, who but who can come in, who can start and keep the train rolling. I think that's why a lot of teams, especially if you look at the Lakers, the 76ers, Orlando, they're definitely looking at him because, man, you don't want to be one injury away. Especially with a team in like Orlando where you're up and coming, man, and you're at a position where you can't. I mean, I mean, this comes from a rival. But I'm saying, man, um, I talk to my co host all the time about it. Orlando's... They look good. You guys are gonna be good for a while. Yeah, gotta-
1: yeah, and, and obviously, like this, the, like I think the reason why the Magic are looking for a guy like Tyus Jones is to ensure that they get to that next level. I mean, right now, as we're recording this, Orlando's sitting in eighth in the East. They're a game back of Indiana for seventh. I think, or they're a game back of Miami for seventh. Game and a half back of Indiana for six. They're right there in the mix, but they've they've struggled, and, and injuries have obviously been a big factor in that. The schedule's been a big factor in that. They've struggled a little bit here in this middle part of the season. And, you know, I, I know I, I, I will, I've said this kind of unequivocally, the group that they have now is going as far as they're going to go this year. Like wherever, wherever they end up this year, it's hard for, you know, even with Paolo and Franz getting better, it's hard for me to see them doing much more. Like if they're the sixth seed, they lose in the first round. I don't see them doing much more than that. If they're in the seven, eight playing game, they make the first, they, they make the first round. I, I have a hard time believing that they'll do much more. They do need some, some ceiling raisers and they do need some guys that are just going to give them a little bit of stability. And I think that's what Tyus Jones does. Um, This might be the secondary question, but I think it's, it's an important one. Um, You know, it does sound like Washington is going to move him at this deadline, but what do you anticipate his free agency or his number in free agency to look like how, how, you know, if, if Washington wanted to, I mean, Washington were trying to resign him. What's the, what, what do you feel like is the cost to keep him?
2: I would say kind of close to where he's getting now because I believe he's making around 14 million. I would look at 15 to 20. That would be probably of the price per year for Tyus because he's for the for the reasons we mentioned before. Um, you know, is he best served for the second unit? Absolutely, but he's a guy who can't start. You know, you you got a guy who. Can kind of do everything you know and so i think that to me that would be his asking price probably around 15 to 20 million dollars i mean i know the cap key is going up so it's really tough to, to yeah to really put a value you know what i mean to put a value because the value goes up every year and then really with the trade market it, it gets crazy every year because the rudy gobert trade changed the whole landscape of the nba whereas um think about it, like 10 years ago you know most your stars would not have been gone with three first round picks now they're talking about Laurie Markin, and they're asking for three first rounders. So it's a whole different thing. I mean, as,
1: as as Pat Williams told Don Nelson back in 1993, uh, when they traded three, when uh, the Warriors traded them three first round picks to get to to swap one and three, um, Pat Williams said said I, I originally offered I originally offered him I originally asked for six first round picks to move up to one, and then and we got down to three. Worked out worked out for us. Um, Let's uh, actually one of those picks actually ended up going to, to the, to the bullets back in the day in the Scott Skiles trade. Um, oh. uh, uh, the little, little known fact, um, and then it got sent back to Golden State and that was the Vince Carter, Antoine Jameson swap, I believe. Uh, oh. uh, it's, it's it, that pick, that pick went through a, through a maze. That's either here or there. Um, then let's get to the brass tacks then. And I think this is the most important kind of part of this exercise. Um, what are the wizards looking for? To you know, if they're very determined to move Tyus Jones, they're kind of in this half rebuild, half veteran group. What are the Wizards looking for in a trade? Obviously, they got a little bit of a market. They can play some teams against each other, perhaps. You know, they're looking for that best offer. What What does that best offer look like for for the Wizards?
2: Ah, uh, there are three main things they're looking for. Number one, obviously, draft capital. Um, you, you got to build through the draft. I mean, you guys are the best example of building through the draft, um, especially for a small market team, which. Are we really a small market team? If you look at the DC area, you're serving three plus states. So it's not really a small market per se, but it's never really been a free agent destination. It's not a free
1: agent destination. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So draft capital. I, um, they're not, I know this from the front. The, the front office is not high on in the upcoming draft. So they're looking for 2025 and, and later as far as draft picks. But draft picks is one, two young players who are controllable. And it sounds like a baseball guy controllable, but um, because if you look at the latest trade we had with Detroit um marvin bagley we're just gonna talk about um bad contracts but um isaiah livers you know he's a guy who obviously is the fourth year of his uh, rookie scale contract but with a qualifying offer he's a restricted free agent so we see what we have in him in the second half of the year and maybe you know we have a lot of leeway as far as bringing him back on the dime um and then bad contracts again like you know marvin bagley which i i'm very high on marvin bagley and obviously with him with the looking Canes, for kind
1: like, of second draft guys maybe like guys who, who, are, who are who are you know didn't work out for whatever reason just need a kind of fresh start you know take on some bad money you know not that the the magic don't have a lot of bad money but but take on some bad money perhaps would they be interested in potential buyout guys guys who they could buy who could they they could buy out because you know just kind of beginning to structure what a deal with orlando looks like Mm -hmm. orlando doesn't have a lot to offer (laughs) um to be to be perfectly honest like it's you know they got a lot of their picks. Um, you know they have a twenty-five, they have a twenty-twenty-five pick from the Denver Nuggets. They have all their own picks to offer. I, I personally, you know, not that this draft is a great draft, I personally don't think think that the Magic are go- going to use their draft pick this year. You know, Jet yeah. Howard, the eleventh pick in the draft, is playing in the G League. I, I don't think the Magic are willing to put him on the table for anything. Uh, but you know they obviously have a problem where their roster is just a little bit full. Um, but other than that, like what the Magic have to offer is L. Fultz's expiring contract. Um, obviously, if they're looking to move off of one point, move off of, there's, you know, move, bring in a starting point guard, they might be looking to move off another one. Um, they have Chuma Okeke and his restricted free agency rights, if that's a direction anyone wants to go. They have Gary Harris, whose contract expires. They have Jonathan Isaac, who's got a fully non-guaranteed deal next year at $17 million. But... When he plays, he is really good. And I'm think i not sure the Magic are quite ready to give up on him. And then I think the guy the market wants the Magic to move on from is Wendell Carter. He's only getting paid $13 million a year. But I get the sense the Magic don't want to move on from Wendell Carter unless they get something about, unless they get a starting caliber center in return, even though they have Goga Batadze, who's played very, very well this year, even though they have Mo Wagner, who's played very, very well this year. I get the feeling that they view Wendell Carter still as a long-term piece to help them upgrade, moving moving down the down the road. So I, I'm not sure Wendell Carter is is the right player for this kind of a move. Um, and so, it, you know, again, you look at that list; it's not the strongest list. And so, I still think there's a framework for a deal with Washington, but I think it might depend on whether the Wizards are willing to put something else into the mix, you know? So as far as the Wizards' overall trade deadline approach, is it just about Tyus Jones, or are there other players that the Wizards might be willing to move?
2: Oh, they're willing to move anybody but Bilal Kulabali. I mean, that was a okay. report that came out from the organization. The Washington Wizards' new front office, everybody's a tradable asset. Everybody, including Denny Avia, which we just signed to a rookie extension. But everybody's available. And, and that's why kind of looking at uh, potential trades, it really goes off of what trades we already made because you mentioned center, um, Daniel Gafford. He's been rumored to be a target of New York Knicks. So if we move him, we're going to need another center. So I like Wendell Carter said, that could be an option, but it, it really depends on how the off season, uh, really the trade deadline unfolds and see what we do. Because everybody, I, I mean, honestly, looking at our roster, I mean, Kyle Kuzin, we assigned him to a four-year deal. Obviously he knew going in and the front office knew going in that he was going to be traded at some point. Um, I, I don't think his value is going to get any higher than now, so I, I believe he'll be traded. Tiles to be traded. Uh, Landry Schammett is an option. DeLon Wright, we'll see, expired contract. Uh, he is the defensive-minded point guard. We'll see. But outside of that, I think most of the Wizards stay. I mean, Corey Kispert, we'll see. If they get a good deal? Maybe. Daniel Gafford is an option, but we'll see. So it's just we have a lot of options. And, and as far as the Wizards, man, we haven't always been in that position where we have a lot of options. But you best believe that the right deal happens. Most of the team could be dealt the deadline, if not the offseason. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it definitely feels like just looking at the Wizards' cap sheet, they they do have a lot of options. You know, I could definitely see the Magic if if it did cost Carter to get Tyus Jones' bird rights and just get him in early and and, yeah. and eventually decide to re-sign him. You know, you know, uh, uh, Gafford is someone that I'd be that I'd be interested in if it, if it cost Carter, I, I'd be I might be okay with bringing Gafford back. Uh, Landry Shamit is a veteran that I think would be really valuable for the magic as well. Um, I think that the magic would have interest in Corey Kispert, uh, Kispert on that rookie contract, um, as, as a potential shooter, he's killed the magic plenty of times already. Um, so there are some of these like kind of secondary guys that I think the magic could make for a deal just, just from a framework standpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, Gary Harris and Tyus Jones contracts match. Gary Harris, I think, is a sneaky buyout guy uh, potentially. Uh, even even if he doesn't get moved, honestly, um, obviously he's dealing with injuries right now, so I don't know how much value that has. But Orlando could easily throw in their 2025 first round pick. They could easily throw in uh, the Denver Nuggets 2025 first round pick. They have this 2026 pick with uh, I think it's with Phoenix and Washington. I think they get the second worst of their picks. Um, so maybe mm-hmm. yeah. you, so you have th- that pick you could play with. Uh, as well. I don't know. I don't know if how that would work rules wise, but it it does feel like there's a little bit of a framework. So, you know, just from a simplistic standpoint, does Gary Harrison, a 25 first do anything for you? Does that, does that get you to move it off? If that's kind of the framework that we have to work from?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And kind of one thing to kind of point out, um, you mentioned this year's draft. There were a lot of people alone. I'll say this uh, most drafts, your top usually top five, top seven players. You're expecting them to be automatic starters. Now you're not going to see that in this draft, but this is a high middle de-
1: heavy draft from what I hear. I have yeah. not done my draft prep yet, but it, 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 from everything I've heard, people are saying like, look, the top guys may not, you know, you might know better yeah. than me at this point, but um, the top guys may not like really get you excited, but there's yeah. a lot of quality throughout the middle of the draft that, that might be, that might be worth uh, looking into.
2: Oh yeah. It's a highly developmental draft. Like you got guys who, if you develop them right in the right system, they're gonna be stars. Like, I, for example, I'm looking at Alex R from from France, man. I yeah, mean, this been. guy is going to be a monster, but he has to be developed. You know, so your top ten are guys going to be developed. So, um, I wouldn't mind a pick from this year's draft. I definitely, we need, believe that we need to go into this draft with two first rounders. But 2025 and Gary Harris, like you said, um, a bio candidate. I would take it. Uh, another guy I like on Orlando, man, is um, you mentioned it earlier. Um, I like, uh, and I'm drawing a blank right now. Jonathan Isaac. I mean, his size, his length. I'm just saying, I've always been a big fan of him, and I always looked at him as like kind of under the radar Wizards move, man. Um, dealt with a lot of injuries, but you know he's not guaranteed for next year, so that would be a move that I would welcome a draft pick and, and, and Jonathan Isaac because if you get him right, especially with his capability defensive wise, you might have hit a diamond in the rough. I,
1: I think I do think fair. I mean, I've told people this like Jonathan Isaac could end up being one of the more valuable trade chips for the Magic yeah. moving forward, just because. At 17 million, non-guaranteed, quasi-expiring, like you said, I think there is still interest around the league in Jonathan Isaac. There, you know, you watch him play, and it's clear what he can do. It's just really about how patient the Magic are um, about dealing with his injury issues, and and obviously he has a lot of them. And the Magic have been very, 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 very careful uh dealing with him recovering from the injury he's still dealing with some some hamstring issues they're not playing him in back-to-backs very much yet um it's the really the magic's tolerance and their willingness to trade jonathan isaac i I don't think they would move isaac in a tyus jones trade unless they were also getting something back in return um you know like sort of like the the reason why i think a gary harrison a first for tyus jones is a framework is, is because We're giving you Gary Harris. He's a valuable veteran, expiring contract. He's injured a lot. Here's a first-round pick that's the item that you really want. Gary's just there to match salaries. Um, I think the Magic still view Isaac as a player that can net them some value. And again, look, I don't think the Magic move for Tyus Jones unless they've already contacted his agent and already have an understanding that he is is willing to sign with us. Like, you don't – honestly, like – and and the Magic are one of the few teams this summer – with cap room. The only reason they make that move is if they're, they already believe that they're going to sign him or chase after him this summer. And they think that we've got to get him now, because if he goes to the Lakers, if he goes to the Sixers, they're just going to use their bird rights to resign him. And we're going to be left holding the back. That, that would be the only reason that the magic make a move. And so that before that reason, Yes, they have to make a competitive offer. Yes, they have to kind of make sure that they're beating these other teams that are trying to get him. But for that reason, I think the Magic are, are going to be pretty cautious chasing after him and saying like, hold on, we we don't have to spend anything to get him. So unless there's a market that's driving his price up, we, we just need to be patient. We need to wait. And I know magic fans will hate that because they want someone here now. Yeah. And so I think the magic want to give up as little as possible if they wanted to get him now. And that's more, more defense to prevent other teams from getting his bird rights because the magic, again, the magic are one of like six teams. I think with cap room this summer, the magic can sign him. If if all it's going to cost is 15, 16, 17, $18 million a year, the magic can afford that this summer. They don't need they don't need to get him now and give up something of value. Um, before we close, though, your ears perked up when I mentioned Markel Fultz. I know he's a DMV guy. Yeah. Um, would is Markel Fultz someone that's on that 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 you'd be looking for as well? Knowing his injury history, knowing you know some of the issues that that he has, is he someone that that still drives a little bit of a market market uh, for for the Wizards?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, obviously he's from the uh, Merlin, so he's yeah. a local guy, man. But yeah, absolutely Always because, plays well in
1: Washington too.
2: <laughs> yeah, for some, you know, but well, a lot of people play well. In Washington. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely, his ability to score. I I I love what I see in Markel man. Um, just the long journey he's been on, man. I mean, this is a lot about yeah. his character, his drive, man. Because, I mean, can you imagine? Forgetting how to shoot in in the, one of the worst sports cities. I mean, he's gone a long road to where now he's a legit, legit scorer, and he definitely put the ball on the floor and, and create, man. So he's definitely a guy I've always been high on. Um, obviously the injury concerns, but I think he's one of those guys where it's not a long-term commitment. So you can see what you got, and then if it doesn't pan out, that's fine. And if he does, it's kind of like Jonathan Isaac. I think that is one of those under-the-radar guys where if you can put him in the right system, in the right environment, they could bloom. So Marco Fultz, I think he could play some good ball because here's the thing about hometown guys. A lot of guys, it's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, some guys perform well being close to home. Some people don't want anything to do at home. Like you look at Kevin Durant, he's from DC and he's does nothing to do with the Wizards, man. He just, he doesn't want that distraction of being close to home. So, and it's kind of like, as far as watching commanders and Chase Young, you know, we, so it depends, but I think he could definitely fit in well with the Wizards trying to do because at this point, we're just evaluating. I mean, we're, I, I say we're negative one for the first year in the rebuild because we're not really officially in the rebuild because we still have all these veteran contracts. So right now we're just evaluating and that's why they're very, very lenient on bringing in bad contracts and guys who haven't panned out because, you know, they're evaluating, see what we got. So we don't have. And so Marcus Fox is a guy that I've always been high on, man. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because I think, I think the magic are kind of graduating out of that phase Mm-hmm. And like, one, I th- honestly, like one of the problems with the Magic's roster is they have too many guys who are kind of re- not, I don't want to say risks, but have a lot of questions about them. Like, you know, yeah. Jonathan Isaac, we don't know when he's going to pl- if he's going to play 30, you know, 50 games in the season. You know, Marco Fultz has been dealing with injuries. Those guys were good to have when you're at the beginning of the stage of a rebuild, but now that you're starting to win, you need guys you can count on. And so obviously I think the wizards are in that evaluation phase. They're taking another shot at Marvin Bagley. You know, they're looking to shuffle around some veterans and, and, you know, Bilal, even the Bilal Kulabali pick, like that is a long-term project. You know, no one had him there. And he's he's looked really solid for his rookie year, but everyone knows he's got a little work to little ways to go. The Wizards have the time to wait on some of that stuff. And so that could definitely be a window for a Marco Foltz to kind of get himself right again, get healthy again and, and and be a solid kind of floor general and veteran uh for uh, for whatever young team they, they end up being. Um, Brandon, I want to thank you for taking the time telling us a little bit about Tyus Jones, telling us a little about the Wizards situation. Um, tell tell my listeners where where they can find you if, if they're looking to learn more about uh, Tyus and the Wizards.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, check me and my co-host, the Real Ed Oliver, on Locked On Wizards on YouTube and on wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I also do Washington Commanders stuff over on Washington Football Maniacs on YouTube, and I am a media caster for PSF app. So if we're on game days for the NBA, definitely check me out for Wizards games. So yeah. Very excited about the trade deadline, man. <laughs> yep, it's it's
1: almost here. Two weeks away. Uh, Brandon, uh, thank you very much again, and and hopefully uh, we will see you in the Eastern Conference Finals very very soon. Yes, sir. I want to thank Brandon for joining the show and giving us a little more information about Tyus Jones and the potential for the magic to make a trade Uh, really good stuff. I hope you all enjoyed it. I know magic fans have really had their eye on Tyus Jones. And so I hope this conversation helped, uh, help get you ready for the trade deadline. We'll be taking more stops here on the trade deadline tour, hoping to get a couple, at least two or three more of these in before we get to the deadline on February 8th. It is coming very, very fast, but that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philipr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, your tune in to Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places of the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can also check us out on YouTube by searching for Locked on Magic on YouTube if you want to see this podcast in living color. Uh, maybe we'll do a uh, Locked On Magic minus color one day. Um, go see Godzilla minus one. Like, seriously, guys. It's, it's, it's out in theaters. It's minus one minus color right now. Go, go see it. It's great. Um, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, though, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at oh Magic Daily, And also be sure to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub. Check it out at patreon.com slash Hub. And as always, thank you all for the support. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel. They have you covered, covered for the top sports stories of the day with local experts like me, as well as our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel Today. That's good for that's gonna do it for me today. We'll be back again tomorrow to chat about the Magic's game against the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll see what the Magic can do there. Big, big game coming up off, off of Monday's very bad loss. We'll see what the Magic do on the road against Memphis as they hit this last seven games until the trade deadline. But until then for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.